Good morning. Let's congratulate the water baptism candidates again. They're not candidates anymore. They're dunked. And <laughs> wow. So many amazing stories. I appreciate all of those that took that next step today and that you told us your stories. We just appreciate uh, that so, so very much. I love the lead-in. I didn't tell Karen she designed that bumper and lead-in for today's message, but I was thinking about the lyrics of Silent Night, and that was what was being played. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin mother and child, holy infant so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. But the song's missing some stuff because as we looked at last week, and yes, we're a week ahead of Advent. We're going to get caught up because Pastor Caleb and Julie will be in the house on December the 11th. <laughs> we're excited about that. And you're just going to love this couple. Chris and I are uh, beginning relationship with them. and just love them so much. Should also mention um, uh, our condolences uh, to the Fontaine family as Pastor uh, Leon Fontaine has passed away suddenly, unexpectedly. Uh, four months, four weeks ago, a month ago, he found out he had aggressive cancer. If you don't know who Pastor Fontaine is, um, the CEO of the Miracle Channel here in Canada, and uh, really a pioneer in breaking thresholds uh, in Canada of what we call mega church. Uh, in Canada, compared to in the United States, I think you have to be um, to be a mega church. I think you have to be over ten thousand, um, and that's a small one. And uh, here in Canada. If you kind of get over 300, you're a big, you know, it's a big church. And uh, he had, I think, upwards to 8,000 people on campuses. And, um, and not that we measure by numbers. I think it's, it's an indication of influence. It's an indication of God establishing. And suddenly, um, to, uh, he missed his 60th birthday by a number of days. And so our condolences as a church and be in prayer for that family and that church as they uh, navigate, navigate through that. So, Pastor, let's see, I, was, I got off track there. So, Pastor Caleb, Pastor Fontaine, um, the special offering for the grocery vouchers, um, I was able to confirm this week with John Bax, Backstrom of Backstrom Independent Grocer, uh, and he has uh, generously agreed to make our dollars go further at his store. Uh, and so not only are we going to be able to buy grocery vouchers and give them, he's going to make them go further. So, uh, yeah, pretty excited about being able to help many of the families at heart um, that are there. And uh, God, we feel like that connection for us to help them. So silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. And if you ever wonder what a, a round yon virgin was, um, it's an old English way of saying all is calm and bright around the virgin over there. As we're kind of standing back, seeing the Christmas scene at the manger, all is calm and bright around the virgin over there. But it wasn't calm and bright as we found out last week. 
Mary could have been as young as 12 and probably not older than 16. And she just rode a donkey 90 miles uh, pregnant, very pregnant. And uh, the Bible says, great with child. And she goes into labor and there's no room at the inn as we understand the Christmas story and being reminded of it in this Advent season that we're a week ahead of, but that's okay. The only place to have a baby is in the barn because there's no vacancy or no room for them at the inn. And really, was there no vacancy or room for them in the inn or was it there's no room and vacancy for you at the inn because she's an unmarried um, uh, teenage girl having a baby? And it was interesting in, during water baptism, kind of the, the prophetic theme uh, amongst many of the people was just the acceptance in Christ and, uh, and God accepting us. And there, there isn't a spirit of rejection uh, in, in the spirit of God. A God uh, loves us and includes us, and he has designed us to fit. And yet Mary potentially, possibly, is facing this great rejection at her greatest need, needing a place, a clean place to have a Bible, uh, Bible to have a baby. Hopefully she had her Bible. Um, <laughs> reset. <laughs> I need to focus. I just need to focus. My brain's all over the place. Here we go. All right. So the only place to have a baby is in a barn. And think of it. The barn must have been packed with animals because everybody's heading to Bethlehem for the census. You get there via animals. I mean, at least their donkey's standing in the, she rode on a donkey, so at least their donkey's there. And probably all the people who are in the inn, and that's the stable or the, you know, the, the inn for that, or the stable for that inn. And so if that's full, then the, the barn is full of animals. There is no common bright. There is no, this is, you know, this, this moment of silent night. Let's just reflect on how beautiful this is. Um, they've gone all of this way potentially rejected because of her state, having to go into a barn. Like, why wouldn't they tell somebody else to get, this one, this one was having a baby. Like, there's no consideration for that at all. And, and so they go out to the barn. She doesn't have her mom. She doesn't have her family. She's alone with Joseph. And that's not always good. So he's the birth coach. And I was thinking about when I was birth coach for all five of our boys, and um, I, didn't, I didn't do well. Um, I didn't have to coach the last two because they were uh, C-sections, and Christina was really uh, relieved that I wasn't coaching because I didn't do a good job. On the second, our number two, Andrew, um, Christina had had an epidural for, uh, um, for uh, um, Nathaniel, and uh, I didn't forget his name. I just called him Nathaniel, and everybody calls him Nate, and I, got, I struggled there for a second. And... Uh, and so Andrew, um, Christina said, I would really like to have him naturally. And so we talked about that. We went to coaching. I did that. You know, we did that. I was good at that. And, and honey, focus, 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 honey. We practiced. We did, we did the classes. I mean, we went to class, lots of classes. I had it down. And so she says, it's time. We go to the hospital. And um, she's starting to have some, you know, some, some, some significant contractions. She goes, I've changed my mind. I don't want, I don't want no, no natural birth. I, I, wanna, I, want, I want the drugs. I need the drugs now. And I'm going, honey, we agreed. And you told me this might happen. And you told me that if this happens, that I'm not supposed to give in to that because you, you would be mad at me like tomorrow. And I don't want, I'll be mad at you right now. I need those drugs. And I'm like, no, no, honey, honey, we're going to do this. Come on, come on. Breathe, breathe. I don't want to breathe. So I've taken this spot that I'm really, you know, she was so, 
settled on having a natural birth. And so I, I, I'm basically, I've made the decision, no, 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 we're not, we're not, we're not getting that epidural because you don't want one. You really don't want one. And so I was not a very good coach. And so, and so don't hate me. It was a long time ago. I've learned some things. And, uh, and so uh, she's, Christina, I mean, desperately wanting. And, and so the, um, the, the cleanup person, one of, one of the custodial people came in with a mop bucket and uh, we were behind the curtain, but I could see, and they were making some noise. And so Christina's contractions got louder, hoping that it was a nurse that would have passion and you know, pity on her. And I said, knock it off. It's just the janitor. They're not, they can't bring you any drugs. <laughs> You hate me more now. And uh, so I'm just demonstrating that Joseph probably wasn't a good coach either. Uh, Christina did end up by having the epidural too late um, and uh, had a natural birth and then had peace and calm moments later, which uh, kind of worked out unless you ask her and it didn't work out at all. So I'm not a good coach. I'm just being vulnerable and candid. I'm not very, so here's Mary alone with Joseph in a barn, in a barn, um, it's not sanitary. Uh, it's not a great place to have a baby. And it is not all calm and bright. It just isn't. And then the Bible says that she lays the baby, you know, in swaddling clothes, which is, is that's a nice swaddling clothes. I forget which, um, one of the versions says snuggly, snuggly clothes. <laughs> one, of the, one of the modern translations, they weren't snuggly clothes, they were rags uh, that were ripped up. Somebody took their shirt off, ripped it up, and that's what the baby's wearing. And, and she lays it in a manger. And so then we go, away in a manger, no crib for a bed. The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The cattle are lowing, the baby awakes. But the little Lord Jesus yeah, Balderdash. Of course he cried. He's a baby. <laughs> and so we've romanticized the Christmas carols and hymns have romanticized some of this as we're, you know, all of these years from when they were written into today. And so like she lays them in a manger. Is that a traditional crib, convertible? Is that, is that, is that the mini crib? Or, or, or is that the, is that, you know, the travel, the travel crib? No, it's a manger, a manger. Is that the Great Co manger? Would that be the Pottery Barn manger? It is the filthia or the Kia manger, and they had to put it together. The baby was already born and waiting. Um, and Joseph wouldn't know how to do that either. So <laughs> it is a disgusting animal slobber feeding trough. That's what it is. Stressful night, turmoil night. It's a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety is going on here. And the Bible teaches us that Jesus was born as a baby. In this kind of, con it, what we're properly identifying is probably what really happened. So he could experience pain, the, the pain of human, the, the experience of human pain and suffering. Because he was going to be the solution to human pain and suffering. And the Bible said he was, he's our high priest. He's the one who went before God. And he's not unaware. He's aware today of what we go through. We can't go to Jesus and go, well, you wouldn't know. No, he knows. Say he knows. 
He knows. He knows our pain. He knows our suffering. He knows our difficulty. And today, as Jesus was born, that there would be peace. I want to, as we light the peace candle uh, kind of in our hearts uh, throughout this message and in a few moments, uh, the second, uh, second week on the first week of Advent, let's pray. Father, I thank you that you're here. You're speaking to us. You've sp- spoken already to the baptismal folks today. And Lord, I thank you that you have a word for somebody who's in a storm of their life. And Lord, you want to bring peace into that situation now. In Jesus' name, everybody said. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, and the angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared, and the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest in heaven and on earth peace unto those on whom his favor rests. And Christmas cards have turned the phrase around, and the theology is actually not great. And your Christmas cards and my Christmas cards say, Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And it doesn't say peace on earth. That's not what the scriptures say as we read this. It says, and it's not, I'm not playing on the semantics today. There is a difference, as we're going to see. The scripture says that on earth there could be peace because I don't know about your earth, but the one I live on is there's no peace at all. Tell people in the Ukraine today that there's peace on earth. Tell people in Iran today that there's peace on earth. Tell the pregnant 14-year-old here in Cornwall, because that's the average age of teenage pregnancy in our great city, that's couch hopping, that's been rejected out of her own home, or worse yet, just doesn't have any support system whatsoever, is couch hopping where she can because she doesn't know what to do uh, with her life and how this is all going to end. See, the reality is that there is no peace on earth at all. In fact, statistically, I think in the thousands, the millenniums of, 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 of earth history, um, I, I've, I've, I've heard that it's, there's been like 235 years where there's been no wars. And so the earth has, has, has known uh, all of the difficulties. Sin, uh, sin is real. God didn't, God didn't bring sin to the earth. We brought sin to the earth. And so the, the world doesn't work the way it should. And we are living in an unpeaceful world. On earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. On earth, on this tumultuous earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And his favor rests on everyone. But to accept the gracious favor of salvation that we don't deserve. The favor, the grace, that's another word for grace. To accept the grace of God for forgiveness of sin. We can know peace because when we accept His gift of salvation, we accept his very spirit and life into ours. And so what does it mean today as a Christ follower, as we light the candle of peace, how can we know peace in difficult situations? Jesus said, peace is what I leave you, as he talks to his disciples before he ascends to heaven. It is my own peace I give you. I do not give it as the world does. Do not be worried and upset, and don't be afraid. Jesus is saying in a relationship with him, there's a gift of peace. 
And he doesn't give peace the way the world does, temporary. Or the world would tell us to find peace in the bottom of a bottle or in a jar of gummies and have a moment where my mind could be rested and I could have some peace. No, that's the way the world would give it. Jesus said, I give you peace. It's my peace. Think of it this way. I will put peace in you while you live on this troubled earth. Jesus is saying to his followers, that's us today, I will put peace in you while you live on this troubled earth. How do we access that? Number one, just practically today in your notes, talk about this in small group. Those that um, may already do this, others that are learning to do this, and we all want to be reminded of this. Number one, to practice his presence. To practice his presence. Now, you'll understand what that means as we go. I want to jump into a story about a storm where Jesus and the disciples are crossing the sea, and they're, they're heading on a destiny to the other side. He told them to get in the boat, and, uh, and so they all get in, and Jesus decides he's going to have a nap. And uh, while he's having a nap, this, uh, it says a great windstorm arose, kind of the understatement of the century, because the waves beat into the boat. I mean, this is, this is really, uh, these are, these are hard-bitten fishermen and sea-experienced sea men but they are actually thinking they're going to die. The storm is that bad. Say that bad. And, and, and as we look at this this morning, the analogy of difficulties and storms that come into our lives that just create circumstances and environments where it's not peaceful at all. It's not silent night, holy night. I mean, all hell's breaking loose here in my life right now which was their experience. A great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. And so, you know, storms, not very peaceful. In fact, they're very loud. Whatever storm you might be facing or you have faced in the past or you will face because storms will come. The storms are loud they create noise in our heads. You know, the winds. Dogs are scared and barking and hiding under beds and thunder and lightning. And if you're one of those people that says, I like storms, it's probably because you're inside your house drinking a beverage, looking out the window going, I like storms. They're so cool. I'm an outdoors person, and I was sitting in a tree stand uh, deer hunting uh, with archery a number of years ago, and uh, a storm started brewing, and lightning struck 10 yards from my tree stand, hit the ground, uh, smoke was coming out of the ground, and I sat paralyzed staring for I don't know how long of the awe and the scariness of how powerful that lightning bolt was. Storms are noisy. Things that we go through in our head, it's hard to think it's hard to, what is right right now? What do I do right now? What, what do we do? What's best for the kids right now? What's best for the marriage right now? What's best for the finances right now? What, I, I, I don't know. It's too noisy. Storms are noisy. Storms limit your visibility. I can't see where I'm going. Where is this going? Where, where, what's going to happen now that the doctor said that this diagnosis is in place? What's going to happen? I can't see where I'm going. I don't know where this is heading. Not very peaceful. It's a storm. Storms will rock your boat. And so as that boat is all over the place, think about it. You can't even stand up. There's no place to even find your footing. 
Normally, I know where to stand. Normally, I can get my balance. Normally, you know, I I have a sense, and the Bible says, after having done all the promises, I can still be standing. But it is hard to stand right now. I feel like just laying down, running away. There's no footing. I'm constantly off balance. I'm just going to speak to my son, Aaron. Aaron, I just need you to just distracting dad and Dad doesn't need any distractions because he gets off course quickly. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. Love you. In storms, you take on water. It's hard to breathe. There's so much water coming up. I can't breathe. My My chest is tight. I'm having trouble even breathing. Not very peaceful, is it? And yet that's the reality of our lives. Those things happen. We go through that. The disciples are going through the storm. But he was in the stern, Jesus, asleep on a pillow. I love this. Mark is incredible. And they awoke him and said, teacher, don't you care that we're dying? They go find Jesus. And he's asleep on a pillow. (laughs) On a pillow. He intentionally decided to have a sleep on a pillow. (laughs) Now, this isn't just Jesus kind of exhausted and leaning against the wall, you know, down in the stern of the boat, cramp, cramps, you know, cramp conditions in the boat, and it kind of just nicely, you know, the boat is kind of lulling him to sleep. No, he's asleep on a pillow. (laughs) You see the picture. And they wake him up and they accuse him of what we accuse Jesus of when we're in the storm and we think storms shouldn't happen to us. We're a Christ follower. You know, Jesus should cancel all the storms. There should not be any storms. Jesus didn't say that there would be peace on earth. He said, on earth, peace to those who have my grace, who have relationship with me. And that's what we're unpacking today, that you can have peace in the storm, and the disciples are discovering that, and so they wake him up, but they accuse him of not caring because he's asleep on his pillow. We are dying, Jesus. We are going to die. We can't see. I can't get my footing. I can't breathe. Don't you care? You must not care. And yet the caring God of the universe that passionately and compassionately loves us, who has gone through everything that man has suffered and gone through and yet without sin, awakens and looks at them. What's going on, guys? (laughs) I just love to see the humor in the story. And his response is, hey, uh, so we're all in this boat together. That's funny. You should laugh there. Thank you. Because I'll get a laugh track. It it helps me. All through COVID. We're all in this boat together. And we're like, yeah, sure. No, you're in your boat. You shut up. You don't even know what's going on in my boat. You live in your boat. I'm in my boat. We all have boats. And shut up. We're not all in the same boat. But Jesus literally, hey, guys, we're, we're, we're in the same boat. And that's important because I kind of, just in my humor, which is is only humorous to me, apparently, um, in my humor, what I see happening is, so guys, 
Um, you're not getting something here. We're all in the same boat. You know that, you know that really nice Mexican guy that's been helping us on the weekends with the fishing? Manuel? He's such a great guy, Manuel. I like him. I like to even speak in a Spanish accent when we talk to Manuel. Manuel, we love you, Manuel. You're such a good fisherman. I am not Manuel. I am Emmanuel. God with us. Guys, I am God. <laughs> I'm God. And if we're all in the same boat and we're going to die, you have a bigger problem this morning. Because if God can die in the boat, he's not God, and we're all in big trouble. And everything we're doing is a farce. Everything we're doing is to help us just feel good. But this is not a feel-good moment. This is you think you're a dying moment, and I can't die. I'm God, and I'm with you in the boat. Emmanuel, God with us. I'm talking, number one, about practicing his presence. And so all of a sudden, he goes, listen, guys, I just need Emmanuel. He's a good fisherman. Emmanuel. Hey, Storm, shut up! Which is my translation for, then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm, which is a, a greater miracle because the wind stops instantly, and the momentum of the waves, you got to get this, the momentum of the waves that go on in the storms of our life have consequences. The storms of our life, the waves can, even after the problem has happened, the storm is over, we're left picking up the pieces of the waves of that thing that might last for weeks or months or even years sometimes. But he said, I'm God. And they said, who, who is this person that just spoke to the wind and waves? He said to them, why are you so fearful? Isaiah 26 says, you about God will keep in perfect peace. Keep is guarding. That word is like a, a jailkeeper. Only this isn't jail, this is freedom. You will be kept in perfect peace peace all around you, those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Practicing his presence is just that. Practice getting into his presence and realizing that inside you lives the all-powerful God, the omniscient God, the omnipresent God. But we lose sight of that in the noise, and we lose sight of that in the storm. And, and the reality is that Jesus may not speak to your storm, but he can speak to the, the causational things in your storm and bring on earth peace to those who understand his grace. And that we find ourselves, and this is not yoga techniques, and I'm not against yoga techniques, and I'm not against meditation. They're just not lasting. But what is lasting is a relationship with the living God. His name is Jesus. And we can find ourselves at work where we go into the washroom for a minute and shut the, the stall and just get quiet and go, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I adore you, and I need your presence right now. I know you're in this with me. I know you're here right now, but I need to sense and feel your presence in this moment. And you can practice that and learn how to bring your spirit to peace by hearing his voice going, I'm with you. We got this together. I'll go through the storm. We'll get to the other side. Number two, 
Learn to live in God's principles. Just learn as you're taking your next steps, as people took next steps today in water baptism, we're all taking next steps. And all of our next steps is learning to live in God's principles. As we're reading God's word, and God's word is clear on how to experience more peace in our life because many of us make decisions that bring storms. We can't control storms, but some of us are our own worst enemies and the authors of our own pain and our own anguish for making horrible decisions and I'm thankful today that in a, in, after making a horrible decision, there's a God who forgives. There's a God who redeems. There's a God who takes broken pieces and puts them back together again and walks with us, doesn't turn his back on us. And no matter what, there's nothing we can do that can separate us from the love of God. And that is fabulous. But I also know that as we follow his practices, we don't have to go around through the cycle of brokenness and repair and brokenness and repair and brokenness and repair. But we can start walking in a straight line we can begin to discover his principles. We can begin to trust him and live out the way he shows us to live. And the Bible is clear. And Psalm says, great peace. Say great peace. Great peace have those who love your law. And nothing can make them stumble. As we embrace God's word. As we embrace God's word. Oh, no. You know, I understand the Bible says that, but... You know, my situation is very kind of unique, and, and it's different, and, and I know I know what that means for everybody else, but you, Pastor, you have to understand, but for me, I just feel like God's saying it's okay if I do this. Just a dime for every time I've heard that. I could retire right now. Every time I've said it. It's interesting that when things are great, can I tell you that in the storms of life, that is not time. That is not time to change the direction of where you're going. Don't course correct in the middle of a storm. Wait until you get on the other side. There are people that when you begin to face difficulty, you just go, I guess that doesn't apply to me. I don't know if I can trust God. But I want to be in a relationship. I want these things. Yeah. But if you do them God's way, you will have peace. In fact, you'll have great peace. Great peace of those who love God's law. I, I can tell you this. Over 35 years of pastoring, as I've watched people make the hard decisions first, love God's law, trust God, and know that his, even, you don't have to, I don't know if I can understand that. No, it's not that we don't understand it. It's that we don't maybe agree with it. But people who have said, I don't understand, I don't even agree, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it because God, this is God's word. And I'm going to take him at his word. And peace has been their portion. Number three, instead, pray. Don't worry about anything. What? <laughs> what do you mean don't worry about anything? I'm in a storm. I don't have peace right now. Right, how do we access it? Instead, say instead. We're going to spend January 21 days of fasting and praying, and we'll talk more about that. But pray about everything. Tell God your needs. And don't forget to thank him for his answers. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts. There it is again. Pastor, you don't understand my mind. I don't have peace of mind. I know. His peace 
will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. Practice his presence, follow his principles, and instead pray. Just before we transition this service and we're dismissed today, one more, number four. For somebody in the room that doesn't know Jesus, the way we're talking about, for somebody online today that you're watching and never made the decision to be a Christ follower, to make the decision that was publicly made by the four folks that got in the water baptism tank, and, and we're just, we, just, we just love when people do this. And the decision begins to be a Christ follower when you realize that we're separated from God. The Bible says that we are not at peace with God, that we are at enmity, is an Old Testament King James word, meaning we are enemies. We are opposed to God. We turned our back. You know, I don't, I don't think about God that way. The Bible says we're born in sin and have a nature that turn, we, we don't obey. We don't give our lives. We are walking away from God. And there's a, a biblical word called repentance, which simply means I change my mind about God and I turn. God's always been at peace with you. We're not at peace with God. I watch a lot of Westerns. And just before uh, the bad guy, he says, you better make peace with your maker. You can't make peace with God. But God made peace with you through Jesus Christ. Listen to this. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus our Lord has done for us accepting the gift of salvation, we, can be at, we begin this whole process today of lighting the peace candle because G, what the, the promise was on earth, he was coming. He stepped out of heaven to come to earth and then went to a cross and ascended but puts his spirit in us today when we say, Lord, would you come into my heart? I would like to give anyone watching online today or in this room, you've never, you've never received his pardon, the forgiveness of sins. You've never known that God made peace with you. And today you want to receive peace with God. If that's you today, simply, uh, I would like you to just raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me today. And I know all our eyes are open. Thank you. I see some folks with your hands up there. Yes, right there. Yes, come on. Come on. <laughs> we get excited about it at Harvest. Online, you can just text, I'm making a decision to receive God's peace that he provided on the cross for me today. If you've never received Jesus, and we know what to do right now, Harvest, let's, let's all stand together. Let's all stand together. We're going to pray this prayer of invitation. And maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you wanted to. Come on, pray. Pray this prayer with us today. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. You receive me today. Come into my life. Forgive my sin. I choose new life. I choose a new birth. I receive you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you did that for the first time, you received Jesus, the Prince of Peace, into your life. God bless you online as well. Just before we're dismissed to go today, let's sing this together. Oh, your grace, oh, free, washes over me. You have made me
Yes, we're free.